This is the Not Your Average Brand Podcast. Okay, never in a million years did I think that I would be one of these people that would do a breakdown. But someone was like, you should totally, I like did a really long thread the other day and someone was like, you should totally do a breakdown of the Usher concert. I was going to do one last year for the Super Bowl. Notice how I said Usher concert and not Super Bowl. I was going to do one last year for the Rihanna performance at the Super Bowl and decided not to, or like rather my idea came too late. So I decided I would just go ahead and put this little bonus episode out for y'all. For those of you who want like a marketing breakdown on what really goes into creating a campaign at that level. And I have quite experience launching celebrity campaigns. And so I kind of just wanted to come on here and share some insights, give a quick breakdown. And yeah, this is just going to kind of be a casual conversation, but I just wanted to kind of use it as an opportunity to walk you guys through like really what goes on behind campaigns like that and how they go from concept into full-blown production. So obviously I'm not on Usher's team, so I don't know the ins and outs. And of course, every single campaign is ran differently, but I'll just kind of use my expertise to sort of give some light, shed some light onto what I think happened in his scenario. So for starters, anytime you're running a celebrity campaign, the biggest thing that it is that you do is you prep the artist or you scout the artist. So what that would have likely looked like, something along the lines of getting him in concerts in Vegas and starting to make network connections there. So if you notice, Usher started the Lovers and Friends Festival, which is basically like a 90s rendition of... R&B and sort of modern day Coachella or Stagecoach. And it's a festival in, ironically, Vegas. And he sort of brought together all of these extremely talented artists that were out in the 90s and the early 2000s and brought them all under one one festival, one lineup. And that would have likely been the first of his team really positioning him as this still current and relevant performer. Because one of the things that Usher has over everybody else is that he is an incredible performer. He's got great stage presence. He knows how to captivate a crowd. He is, he's the Chris Brown before there was a Chris Brown. And so that sort of gets lost a little bit when you are an R&B singer and your latest music is not really hitting the charts and people know you for your vocals and people know you for sort of being that old school R&B artist. But it's been, unless he's doing a pop song, there really hasn't been anything super relevant in his category present day, at least not that I've heard of that's been playing all over every single station. And so one of the things that would have been really smart for his team to have done or for him to have done as a performer would to be to say, hey guys, let's put me back in this in the booth where I am performing. If people can see me as a performer, as an entertainer, we can start making some momentum. And so... That him putting together that festival was probably the beginning of many things sparking in his career. And also Usher being so deeply rooted and well-connected inside of the music industry. And then him being able to bring together multiple other relevant artists. That would have been a great kickoff point. So I would not be surprised if conversations 
for that started there. And then it being in Vegas, which is again, a performing capital. <laughs> so all of those things, the location, him putting himself back, positioning into being in the seat where he is performing, that's a great start. Then from there, conversations probably started happening between him and, and whoever is in charge of Vegas residencies of making, hey, let's, let's make this permanent. You've shown us with the Lovers and Friends Festival that you clearly know how to draw in a crowd. You clearly know how to perform. Residencies are known for basically taking artists that were really, really big in their heyday and then basically giving them a home to play at. And so, hey, why don't we make this an official partnership? And that would have been the catalyst for him getting the residency. Again, this is all a guess, but this is typically how campaigns are built. You take something that is really good and raw and high quality on its own, and then you put all of these things around it to sort of fan the flames of what makes it really good. So what makes Usher really good is his performance, his ability to connect, his ability to captivate an audience, his vocals, of course, and then the fact that he's really well connected in the industry. You bring all of those things together in a room and boom, you're fanning flames on something that's absolutely amazing. And then you scale that by making it permanent. So you take a really great idea that you just fan flames on, and then you root it into something that people can revisit over and over and over again, like a Vegas residency. Once you have that, the doors then wide open for every other conversation. You could talk tour, you could talk book, you could talk hosting the Grammys, you can talk, you can start talking anything at that point because you have proven, A, I know how to take an idea from concept to campaign. B, I'm still relevant. I still know how to draw a crowd. C, when you put me in front of people every single weekend, I still know how to perform. I'm still so good that every single weekend for months at a time, people are coming to see the same show, right? Imagine what they would pay to see if it was on a show like the Super Bowl, right? If it was on that stage. So those are sort of the things that go into positioning someone to even be in a place where they can do the Super Bowl. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of saying, really dissecting, you know, what is this person really great at? What do we want him to be known for? And then how do we get him in the right, in the right space to do that? And again, all of these things could have done by, could have been done by Usher himself or his team. It, it totally depends. So that's sort of what it is that I think the conversations were. At least that's how the conversations went when I was Mac doing these celebrity campaigns. And then once you have the positioning down and you have the location and you've built the relationships, the rest is really just about implementation. And then after implementation, the rest is about protecting the, the flames that you have fanned. So with implementation, you're then consulting with the PR team, the marketing team, the social team and everything is about making sure that we keep the same narrative, the same story that Usher is a relevant artist. That could be creating memes, that could be doing TikTok challenges, that could be making sure that all the celebrities that are ever coming to his show in Vegas get the, the front row experience so that there's moments like Kiki Palmer happening and situations like that that then get fanned flames, right? So these are all things that the team is doing to try to say, hey, okay, we're here, we're fanning these flames, we're implementing this strategy of positioning Usher as this great performer who clearly is very relevant in pop culture and R&B culture today, you should pay attention to this person. 
Once that implementation gets underground, then there's a lot of conversations around, okay, how much money can this actually make us, right? And so the way that I would present it or the way that some things have been pitched to us has not always necessarily been how much ratings we can pull or how many reviews we can pull for the Super Bowl, but also how much money we think this the city of Vegas can make by hosting Usher as the talent for this Super Bowl. How much money do we think we can make by having Usher be the person that's at the Super Bowl? So how many people are going to fly into town to watch him perform because they missed him during his Vegas residency? How much money are the clubs going to make? How much money are the restaurants in Vegas going to make for all the people that are going to actually come out and see him perform inside the restaurants, right? You're not just pitching yourself as saying like, hey, I'm going to make you a bunch of money in the ratings, you're also pitching yourself as, hey, I can help make you a bunch of money for the actual city of Vegas. And because I had this residency, it was super relevant. Before that, I had the festival. I have all these things going on and people clearly come out to see me. People clearly know my name, especially in this city where where the Super Bowl is being hosted. I can help you make money in all other ways outside the stadium. That's a really big thing when you are pitching anyone for anything is making sure that there is longevity outside of just the item that's being sold. For example, when we did a Gwyneth Paltrow collaboration at Banana Republic, the conversation was not just around the actual clothes that we were selling in the in the goop collaboration. It was not just about that. It was also about the entire brand notoriety that we would have after we associated ourselves with someone like Gwyneth Paltrow. And so how can Gwyneth Paltrow's name being associated to us bring us in more customers and what exact reach does she have that we need and how could that reach make us more money? So you're not, we weren't just, like I said, we weren't just having conversations just about the actual products. You're also having conversations about everything around the products. And so with Usher, with him being the headliner, it's how much money can he make with doing a collaboration with Pepsi and Pepsi being the person that's going to be sponsoring the Super Bowl. How much money can he help make? Like I said, every, all the clubs and the restaurants and the places inside of Vegas who the people that are going to come out to watch him perform, even though they're not buying tickets into the actual Super Bowl. So all of those things go into effect when you're thinking about creating a campaign like this. And then you have to actually protect this artist at all costs. Okay. So there should be no bad press coming out about him. No, no crazy drama. Everything is about him, the music, and making sure that he is perfectly positioned to take on this role and to be in this in the limelight in this capacity. So we just talked about how much money could be made by having Usher be the headliner and how much money that can make while the Super Bowl is active. But then afterwards, there needs to be a conversation about what happens for Usher and or his team after the Super Bowl is over. So you've gotten all of this momentum, you've gotten all of these eyes. What are we going to do with all of that attention? It needs to go somewhere. And so for in Usher's case, he dropped an album. So it's some of it's going to go there. And then the other the other attention is going to be probably on a lot of people going back and streaming his audio or his previous albums that it is that he has. So a lot of that will go there. The other place that it's going to go is to his concert that is coming up. So he's got another Lovers and Friends Festival that's coming out in May. And then he's got another one that's he's going to be touring, I think, in the fall. So I'm sure tickets for all of that stuff went on sale, right? And so 
even if someone was saying, you know, that they were looking for the Vegas residency, even if you were looking for the Vegas residency, if you type in Usher tickets in Vegas, guess what comes up? Lover and Friends Festival. So for those people who missed his Vegas residency, they still have a place to go with his festival in May for Lovers and Friends. And then they have another place to go for his tour that it is that he's doing. So all of those things are important too, because you don't ever want to just pile up a bunch of momentum for one event and then not give anywhere for the fans to go afterwards. If you notice for Rihanna, when she did her performance, she did her entire performance and then she incorporated parts of her beauty brand inside of the the show so that even when you were done with it, you were like, oh, that's right. She does have Fenty Beauty. Let me go see what they were talking about. So I guarantee you her team and her website was all prepped and primed for that extended amount of traffic coming to the page. I'm sure that they reloaded up on their stock in the in the the weeks ahead of the game. I'm sure that they probably called Sephora and Ulta and all the other business partners that it is that they that carry Fenty Beauty products and likely had conversations about restocking their stuff up because now Rihanna will be top of mind and people will want either her products before the show or after the show. Another person that comes to mind as I think about this is Taraji P. Henson after she played the character of Cookie on the hit Fox show Empire where she was saying she was so frustrated and disappointed because after she had this amazing run with her character as Cookie, there was nothing lined up for her after the fact. And so if you notice for Usher, right, he's got the album drop, he's got the Lover and Friends Festival, he's got um, the tour coming up, right? His team has already prepared for what's going to happen after the Super Bowl performance. Rihanna had her Fenty products that were coming out, right? And so everybody has been working, all of their teams have been working to make sure that we can maintain this momentum. And one of the things Taraji had talked about as she was talking about the color purple and as she was talking about her experience with just, you know, not getting the support that she needed from her team was that, you know, hey, I had this amazing success. And then nothing was lined up afterwards, right? You know, everyone was just kind of like, okay, great, good job. You landed this role, go on, right? And so those are all the ways that artists and marketing teams create a campaign that has longevity. They're thinking about all of these aspects as they are, you know, marketing and deciding what to do online on social media and deciding what to do when they are pitching in PR and deciding what ads to create and things like that. So all of these things are playing a factor in how someone is creating a campaign. It's really thinking about what's the campaign that we even want him to be there for, right? So like first we got to build it and position it and then you got to fan the flames for that campaign for it to even get off the ground. And then once it's off the ground, then you got to protect it and make sure that like it doesn't crumble. And you got to keep fanning those flames, right? I'm sure conversations about Usher being the headliner probably happened years ago and and or was very much resurfaced when he had such a blowout performance with with his residency. So those are all things that go into a campaign. I would say that I would want to leave you guys with this in terms of those of you who are coaches or service providers and you're trying to learn from all of these Swifties, Beyonce's, Usher's, like you're trying to learn from these celebrities. I would say the biggest thing that it is that you need and one of the things that we help you with in our campaign management offer is really making sure that you guys are doing proper planning. A lot of what happens in the craziness of the way that I see people in the online industry 
and coaching industry launch their offers is that a lot of it is not properly planned. Like y'all think a three month plan, a six month plan is a plan when people are literally creating campaigns three years in advance. And there is so much time and so much positioning that happens in order for something to be to be created at a mass scale. And while you may be a small business and you may be thinking, oh my gosh, Kira, I would literally rather die than to try to create a plan three years in advance. I'm not necessarily saying you need to do that, but really thinking through, do you need to be launching eight times a year? Do you need to be launching every single month? Do you need to be launching the same product five times a year? Really thinking to yourself, what really needs to go in for a launch, one launch to have massive success? And then how can I make that one launch have multiple different things going on. With Usher, it was like, yes, he has the festival, he has the album, he has all of these things, but they're all interconnected. So it wasn't like he did a whole tour to launch his album and then he did a whole thing to do the Super Bowl. Of course, there's press that comes with the Super Bowl, but like we didn't really even know he was the one headlining it until this, until I think a couple of months ago. Like it wasn't like something that was frontline conversations for a really long time. So I say all that to say, really think through what is it you guys are actually trying to accomplish in your business and what are the necessary pieces and steps that need to happen in order for a campaign to truly get off the ground and really be successful. And I think a lot of the stress that happens is because people are not doing the proper planning. People are not doing the proper auditing of what worked last time and how to improve it for this time. People don't have a full scope and assessment of what's working, what's not working. And then they're rolling into the next thing without ever having thought about where things may have went wrong or right the last time and how they can use that to improve. So if that is something you struggle with in your launches, we do have a campaign management offer. It is literally designed to help you think about these things so that you can start building your campaign as an actual CEO who understands how to build something long-term, something that can serve you in multiple different ways without you necessarily always having to be on and continuing to launch with a flashy new webinar and a flashy new bonus and all of the new things. And if that's something that you need support with, you can definitely head to the show notes or you can head to our website and check out our services. It's under campaign management. You can delegate your next launch to us and we will help you double your demand. And I would love to support you in that offer. Um, I'd love for you guys to message me on Instagram and tell me what it is that you think about my little mini assessment slash lesson of this Usher thing. And yeah, I will talk to you guys on the next episode.